Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids. It was a great game and, and we came out on top and we celebrated like we have all season in the <laughs> locker room on the plane and it's just, it's so fun to be a part of. There's so much good energy and this team is so close. Um, you know, you don't want to let the guy next to you down. That was the best catch I've ever seen in football. Ever. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's going to go down as that um, for however many years because he's such a special player. Where do we even begin? This is the 8-1 Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Tatum Everett. Gabe Henderson's here in TCO Radio Studios with me alongside our producer, Eric Davidson. Jay Nelson is out of pocket, can't be here today. He said, have fun talking about the greatest ending to a game. I really did want Jay on the podcast today because Jay has the fandom that neither one of us have, both simply because he grew up in Minnesota, so he has experienced a lot of heartbreaks. Mm -hmm. So the fact that um, he's not here, I'm sure is probably eating at him. Yeah, no no heartbreak here. He said uh, just a fun recap, which it will be. I mean, the Vikings, I wrote, achieved the unthinkable. At times, they were out. I mean, there was one point in the ESPN probability rank, like percentages mid-game, mid-fourth quarter, where the Bills had a 96% chance of winning the game. Mm. You know, then again, the would swing in the Vikings' direction, and then they had, you know, the 80% winability factor. So it was just on the road in a hostile environment against one of the league's best teams. This was what everyone wanted to see from the Vikings, a win against a one of the better teams in the league, and they answered the call, Gabe. Yeah, and um, and that's a, a reason why I love the NFL so much is because of mm-hmm. you know all those probabilities, all those stats, uh, all these you know next gen stats, and like those are great for the game, but at the same time, what makes it fun? The parity. So mm-hmm. um, it, it was great to to come down with the win in Buffalo. This was a game that a lot of people had questions about this team going into it, and. Uh, when we went down 27 to 10, you, you could see certain people or certain analysts on Twitter basically saying, OK, this is the Vikings team that we all expected. This is why we have. Who are they? Put, I got to fight them. I'm not going to add them. I'm not going to add them on the show because <laughs> uh, I like a lot of them. Um, <laughs> but there are a, a bunch of questions that were answered yesterday. So I'm, I'm excited just to see how this train continues to go. And, you know, these guys are just excited just to be at this point in the year. Andrew DePaulo, who I talked to in the locker room, he was like, I have no questions, I have no words, and I have no answers. I just want to continue to win. And and, and that should be the mindset going forward is, hey, let's not forget about this moment, but let's just continue to see how many we can do. Let's continue. I mean, the veterans stepped up huge in this one. You had Pat Pete with the game-sealing interception, one of two for him. Eric Kendricks with that Fumble recovery in the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown, and that's great. That's that, that's insane. by far the craziest sequence of right place, I've ever right seen. time, right? Yeah, go ahead. I, I, no, you're no, right. I don't have words. Can I, I, I would literally just be stuttering because I don't. I'm still trying to find the words to describe that moment. Look, every time I think of one person who did so great. I'm like, oh, but then there was this person, and then there was this play, and then there was this. And it's just, it's a, you forget what happened pre-third quarter at all. Like, yeah. whatever, who cared? Well, I mean, we cared, but like, you just kind of forget about it because the end was just so 
Oof, I had a lot of friends text me talking yeah, about like same. cardiac problems. Like maybe I need to go to the cardiologist. Yeah. My mom and dad were texting me like, oh my gosh, we watched the whole thing. They're not even Vikings fans. It's, it was fantastic. Same. same. My, my parents are uh, not Vikings fans, but they were texting me also. And uh, I, I just remember end of the fourth quarter, I think it was right before the Vikings got stopped on fourth down, fourth mm-hmm. and one. I was already writing my notes for like our post-game hits. Uh-huh. And then the fumble happened, and then I, I just had to erase everything. Uh-huh. And then, of course, when I was recording uh, between the lines, my paper just flew out of my hand. <laughs> Another so it's audible. Like, yeah, so it's like, th- <laughs> but that was the game. That was yeah. the game in a nutshell. Uh-huh. Like, w- whatever you plan for the game to be, none of that happened. And that's yeah. what makes it the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest regular season game in NFL history. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the best that I've seen regular season yeah. history. I mean, there was a lot of significance just because of, like, go out and prove yourself significance. But, like, in the end of it all, like... It would have been okay to walk away. Yeah. It's an AFC game. Like, it would have been fine. But it is, as far as, like, a game to watch, it had the feel of a playoff environment. I mean, look, I love an open-air stadium. I think that's just because, like, 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 it feels like a college game. It's intense. We're both from the South. Right. And so an outdoor stadium is just, oh, it just has a different vibe to it. And even from the press box, it was kind of hard to hear all the cheering, but then you'd hear it. And, I mean, because of the jackets, this is why. Because of the jackets that you had to wear, there wasn't a lot of purple. <laughs> because, I mean, there were some, but, like, it's so much easier. The Bills have, like, tons of red and blue yeah. winter gear. So, to me, it looked like a very Buffalo Bill heavy crowd. But the blue kind of clashed with the purple. Exactly. So it and just, the red kind of clashed, too. Oh, but when they would erupt in, like, the state, I mean, the, I'll never get rid of those images, yeah. you know? Buffalo's Minnesota 2.0. Like, just the, the energy, the fans, the excitement. Like, it's... Pretty much yeah. all the city. The Zubas. Had, yeah, like everything. <laughs> like it, it was just great seeing Vikings fans converse with Bills fans. And I'm like, You're, like these are the same people. Like we should just put both states together and just have one big team. Yeah, I walked down near fans at halftime and some Bills fan came up to me and was like, and I'm wearing purple. Okay, so this is why. But um, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, you know, the bus is that way. And I was like, oh, I I thought about it because I was like, yeah, I do take the bus to leave here. But I was like, I was like, oh, gotcha. And his buddy goes, yeah, man, they like dap up right in front of me. And I'm like, is this cool? Yeah. Like, does this make you cool? Imagine I don't him, know. I got booed by I really wish I could find him. I wish I could have found him and be like, oh, yeah, man, here's the keys of the bus. Peace. But, you yeah, know, go I warm, Go warm it up for yeah, us. Yeah, I know. Especially after so, losing, losing like that. Ugh, I know. But, yes. Anyway, so wow, those. We're talking trash from the Vikings podcast. We are. Whew, okay. I think I'm just, like, feeling it right now, yeah. you know. It was just, it was a, it was a great game. A lot of fun. Um, One of the, <laughs> one of the stars of the game is going to be on the podcast in just a bit. Garrett Bradbury, who has just been such an angry for this team at center for this offensive line. He joins us on the podcast. Love getting his perspective just as a guy that was just in the trenches who's literally exhausted after yesterday and taking the time to do that for us. Yeah, uh, Garrett is, I I just love his ascension um, throughout his career. Um, Of course, with the news of the Vikings not extending him or not, you know, picking up his fifth year option this offseason, that can make a player, you know, not want to play. And Mm -hmm. the fact that Garrett has stepped his game up and has proven himself to say, okay, like I deserve a second contract, whether that's here or elsewhere. I I love what what he's done for this offense. And I think he's going to be a a great addition to the show. For sure. Well, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. We'll talk more about this game 
after we get to our 3M play of the week. From the field to the roof and everywhere in between, 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings, is here. Visit vikings.com backslash skull science to learn more. And let me set the stage. The Vikings were back in the second half to make it 27-23 with two minutes left to go. Facing fourth and 18, Kirk Cousins delivers a contested ball to Justin Jefferson, and the rest is history. Fourth down. Cousins, empty backfield, three receivers right, a couple to the left. The Bills' safeties are 25 yards from the line of scrimmage. Kirk back to pass. He's going to heave one to J.J. to the right. Jefferson leaps to catch it, and he caught it! Are you kidding me with that catch, JJ? Easily the catch of the year. <laughs> I tweeted catch of the century. It just sounded better. More clicks. More click. Yeah, you know. Well, I thought it was cute. How do you think it compares to the other catch? The OBJ one-handed grab. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, with the context, like this is OBJ-esque. I still think the OBJ catch was better. It was pass interference. He got interfered on that catch, and he scored a touchdown. So I, I would still put the OBJ catch, mm. you know, ahead of Justin Jefferson. But uh, maybe JJ is one B. I mean, just I mean, <sighs> fourth tough. and eight, fourth Four, and eighteen. I mean, just the situation, fourth and yeah. eighteen. You, he's been doing it all game. It was quite possibly the most contested ball I've ever seen. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Next Gen Stats said that the uh, fourth and eighteen catch had a twenty-eight point eight completion percentage probability. So. Right. He had six receptions, sub 50% probability. Yeah, I mean. Six, six, six. Yeah. that <laughs> It's insane. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to catch it. No, he was For not. people out there that, that really want to put it in context, he caught a ball that is pretty much uncatchable for. 28.8%. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Seriously. Like, I, don't, I don't really have anything to say. I don't know how say, they like, come up with this, but yeah. that's, the, that's the numbers they're using. I'm not a math person. Yeah. I just, um, we just talk about it. Exactly. 28.8. But it helps it, to like make it more concrete, right? Like if you put a number to it, then like you can really start to talk. Yeah. For me, mm-hmm. going into this year, my big knock on JJ was he doesn't make contested catches. I said he makes every catch. Did he catch. hear you? Sorry. I t- honestly, I did tell him that. I told him that. I was like, JJ, like, if you really want to make that next step, these contested catches are what people are giving you a knock for. And he was like, I know. That's why I worked on it this offseason. And- the fact that he's doing it this year mm-hmm. and he's doing it on a consistent basis, like we kind of expect JJ to come down with catches like that. When JJ doesn't make an acrobatic catch, it's like, ah, damn, like that's a drop. But mm-hmm. 90% of other receivers wouldn't make that catch. So the fact that he made that play and he's, you know, taking the league by storm, this is, it's exciting to watch. Like for, for Vikings fans, like, you know, debate, say, you know, Moss this or Chris Carter that, but like, just appreciate greatness. Like mm-hmm. greatness is in front of our eyes right now. Yes. And, and don't overshadow that because you want to compare him to somebody like this is this is next level stuff that he's doing. It's I've inc- never seen it. Oh, no. It's incredible that the other receiver that is being compared to J.J. is the best to ever do it in the first three years is literally another Viking. I mean, it's fantastic that these fans have been able to experience both of them. Yeah. It really We're is. We're spoiled, man. We're spoiled. And yep. the fact that Stefan Diggs, another Vikings receiver, yep. had 100 receiving yards yesterday. like And another pretty cool catch. Right. I mean, this is <laughs> Vikings fans. I mean, it, the knock is we, we got to win the big one. And the way we're going, we're, we're, we're inching closer and closer because we have guys like J.J. on this team. 
Yes, an NFL best 7-0 in one-score games. The last team to win at least seven such games without a loss. The 2009 Colts, and they end up going to the Super Bowl. Those battle-tested teams, there's just something to say about them. And you hear the players talk about that and chemistry. Like, none of this happens if there's not chemistry and the belief in each other at all. Yeah, Ryan Grigson in the locker room yesterday said, games like this is what championship teams are made for. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're building something special here. It's just a matter of continue to to get some of these wins. Adversity is going to come, um, as always. But I, I think this this team is battle-tested enough to, to withstand that. So... Uh, we'll we'll see how you know we'll continue to stack some of these wins with with Kirk Cousins playing some of his best football of his career in my opinion not not on the stat sheet but just making plays playmaking just look at how he threw I mean you can say like JJ coming down with contested catches like obviously huge but Kirk's putting the ball there and yeah. there were some dimes with a ton of pressure in his face that he was able to let loose I mean there was obviously a lot of um, he really came alive there in like the end of the third beginning of like the fourth and <laughs> overtime, right? Like he there was to. a, right. I mean, cause earlier in the game, I remember thinking like, man, something's off. Like he just doesn't seem like his accuracy is on. And then he must've heard me whispering from the press box. No, I'm just kidding. He had his fifth game winning drive this season, Wow, which is a career high for him. Most that he's had. And we're only halfway through people. So uh, he's got 24 in his career. And a fifth of that have come this year. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's insane. That, yeah, that well, says that's a what, lot. That's what happens when. Here's another stat for you. I was on a stat hunt this mm. morning. Five and one in games when trailing in the fourth quarter. So when you are trailing like that, it's easy for him to come up with these game-winning drives. Not easy, but it's e- easier. I saw a meme on uh, Twitter mm. where it's a picture of Kirk sipping a Gatorade when the stat appears on the screen. It happened three times. And it happened yes. three times this mm-hmm. year. So it. I mean. Kirk, like we might as well call him Gatorade Kirk at this point. Speaking of memes, I saw a really funny one. It's the ambulance one where the guy's like, oh, I'm not feeling very good. And then he whips out a gun and he goes, and then I gotcha, basically. <laughs> and they were like, this is the Vikings in the fourth yeah, quarter. They're like, oh, oh, I'm I'm dying. Blah, blah, blah. What? Just kidding. The noon nightmare is what uh, they call them. I saw. I've been seeing that a lot, too. So so how does that how does that make you feel going into Sunday knowing that it's not a noon game? Well, Kirk has won a game at 325 this year against the Green Bay Packers. So, I mean, he's winning games. And last night, well, yesterday, I mean, he won another one that is just, I I would say yesterday was a primetime game. Like it was at noon. It felt like a primetime game. Right. And you look at those plays and you look at Kirk's play this year, and I think he kind of has put the the primetime, you know, curse to to Mm -hmm. rest. Well, one more thing before we get out of here and get Garrett Bradbury on the podcast Lions winning their second straight 31-30 over the Bears. Packers overtime winners against the Cowboys. So it's kind of crazy, but the Vikings are at home five of the next six games, and the magic number is four to clinch the NFC North, which could happen as early as November 27th. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Which is, you know, not that far away from here now, guys. God, that would be a great Thanksgiving gift. If we could, I am thankful we could for that. And you got to think, I mean, the, the number is four, but... You know, if the Packers lose four games too, that that helps us also. Or if we, you know, figure that out. There's they a got, lot of math again that goes into that. I mean, they that got we're the, not the into. Titans, the Eagles, mm-hmm. the Bears, and the Rams, and then the Dolphins. So like, they're the Packers' schedule is, is very tough right now. Like, ultimately, we have to control our own destiny. But yes, you definitely got to look around. But the fact that it can be that early is pretty pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah. As for now, the Vikings eight and one, tops of the NFC North. With uh, the ability to clinch in potentially two weeks. That's insane. Didn't think I'd say those words. Anyway, 
I think that's a good time to get to our next guest then, because I think you guys probably want to hear from Garrett Bradbury and the way that they performed yesterday and his thoughts and feelings on rewatching the tape. So we'll get to that right now. And joining us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast is Vikings offensive lineman, Garrett Bradbury, you got a winning piece of pie next to you. Oh, yeah. I like how they reward you guys on Mondays with some dessert. Yeah, absolutely. Nice little treat. The offensive linemen like it, too. Yeah, for sure. Seven straight weeks. Absolutely. I think you guys deserve it after yesterday. That was an incredible game. How would you describe it? There's no words. It was just so back and forth. It was such a great football game with two great teams. The atmosphere was unbelievable. The snow, I mean, it was just, we all kept talking. It's just, it was so football. Yeah. It was so football, and we were loving every minute of it. There were some moments where we weren't loving, but uh, at the end, it was just, it was so fun to be a part of. Yeah, the snow, like you said, the the energy, it felt like a college game. It yeah. felt like one of those, you know, backyard brawls and, and everybody's enjoying it. But, but for you, seeing the defense have multiple stops, because I know you don't get to watch offensive plays. What what was your emotions like, you know, just being in the moment when you guys started to chip it back and you were like, hey, defense, we need you to get a stop. You know, it's just, I feel like we have so much trust in each other. Like, I think defense gave up six points in the second half yep. and overtime. I mean, it's just, someone's going to step up. That's kind of how it's been all year, whether it's defense, offense, special teams. And I feel like we, we put up points when we needed to. I wish we could have got going a little bit earlier in the late first quarter, second quarter kind of thing. But I don't know. I mean, people keep talking. No one's flinching. No one's hesitating on the sideline. There's just – there's so much trust and confidence. And I, th- I think the big thing was Dalvin's run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were down 17 at that point. And to have Dalvin – I mean, he is so good. He was <laughs> he is so fast. And to see him get him in the second level, third level, and just be gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one was close to catching him. Um, I think that sparked a lot for the team. Yeah. Defense did their thing in the second half, and, and we needed that. It's tough to catch a guy that could clock 21 miles yeah. per hour. He said he wouldn't even run that fast. Which That's is, what we were yeah, like. It's crazy. <laughs> I think that, and uh, I believe him. <laughs> I believe he, he still wasn't has tired. More. Yeah. <laughs> I think the most interesting part of that play was Justin Jefferson making the touchdown. Yeah, block. absolutely. When that you, was when huge. you see your, your, your you know, superstar receiver oh, do yeah. that, what does that do for you guys? It's amazing. He threw the guy to the ground, too. Had to give him a little something extra. Put some surf on those pancakes. Yeah, I think they were being a little too physical with him. Um, <laughs> Some things weren't called. We won't get into that. But um, it's good to see him get in that, too. You know, we were chatting on the walk over here, just the win probability going back and forth. And and um, you're you're in overtime. You can't get it in. And then you see Pat Pete make yeah. that play. I mean, by the end of the game, like, obviously you're tired. But emotionally, how are you at drained. that point? It's just so drained. I mean, the fumble. I mean, we don't get the fourth and goal. And you're just you're so frustrated. And then everyone's going crazy. And we don't know why. Like, is it a safety? Is it, I mean, it's just, there's so many back and forth things and big players making big plays. And yeah, we're all exhausted today. So I'm sure um, that's where we're at. But I think being exhausted after a win is much better than being exhausted after a loss. No doubt. It feels so much better. The soreness feels so much better. Yeah. How how are you feeling? Like, what is the mindset of the locker room right now? I know we're still, you know, one day past the game that we were recording this, but what is the energy like in that locker room? Understanding that. We finally, you know, answer some of those questions that I know you guys don't listen to the media that a lot of people outside the locker room were talking about. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing we can control is is the, the opponent we have this week, right? And so we had the Bills this week, and they're a great team, and I have so much respect for Josh Allen. I think he's one of, if not the best player in, in the NFL, and um, it was a great game, and, and we came out on top, and we celebrated like we have all season in the <laughs> locker room on the plane, and it's just it's so fun to be a part of. There's so much good energy, and 
this team is so close. Um, you know, you don't want to let the guy next to you down. Whether it's offense, defense, my left guard, my right guard, it's 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 a lot of fun to be a part of. Let's talk a little bit about Brian O'Neill um, and his performance against Von Miller. I mean, yeah. he had the hardest assignment probably of the day, and yeah. and he was able to really keep him in check. What do you um, see out of your? I mean, your all pro left tackle, <laughs> yeah, right tackle, right tackle. Sorry, uh, he's the best. He's unbelievable. He prepares like no one I've ever seen with his body, with film study. And there's no surprise every Sunday why he does what he does. Um, you know, I think him and Vaughn, they came for a joint practice last season, and, and Brian had an unbelievable week against him. And, and I think Vaughn said after the practice, that's the best right tackle in football. Yeah. And, and we all know it. And, and Vaughn gave his jersey after the game, the little jersey swap. And, I mean, to have a Hall of Fame player's respect like that, that goes a long way. That goes regardless of whatever media people think of, of O-Lyman, when you have a Hall of Famer, that has that much respect for you, that that goes beyond anything, beyond any numbers. And so we're happy to have him. He's a leader of this team. He's an unbelievable player, and he's an unbelievable teammate. How how has that, his play, helped the entire, I guess, the rest of the, the O-line? Yeah, I mean, you can just, you know that on that right side, he's going to lock it down. Yeah. I think we had 50 pass attempts yesterday, which is probably the most of the season. Wow. And just got to keep giving Kirk clean pockets because we've got the playmakers outside to go out and get it, clearly. We've got the best receiver in football. <laughs> um, and so it's just it's fun to be a part of. you got Dalvin with an 80-yard touchdown run. There's so many ways we can beat you. And I feel like we can keep getting better. You know, yeah. you watch the film and you're like, gosh, we could have been so much better still. Yeah, what, what, was your, what was an example of one takeaway from watching the film today that either impressed you or um, – you were kind of surprised to see. I mean, all of JJ's catches. <laughs> I don't know. But there's also a lot of physicality. You know, I think we talked about trying to get the, those guys on the ground. It's, that's a physical unit. They play hard. They play tough, relentless. Um, and we got them on the ground quite a bit, uh, which was good to see because that's what it was going to be. It was going to be O-line, D-line. We got we to gotta rise up to the occasion and, and be the more physical unit. I don't know what, what was more probable. Um, JJ's catch on fourth down, right? <laughs> or... Your catch last year against the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it to JJ. Give it all to JJ. That, that was the best catch I've ever seen in football. Ever. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's going to go down as that um, for however many years because he's such a special player. But then the timing of it, that was the game. Fourth and 20, mm-hmm. gave him a pocket, and he threw it up to him knowing that he's the best receiver in football. And I don't know how he did it. You look at some of those still frame pictures, you're like, how? Just how? Insane. I, I was looking, I was watching film earlier. I, I usually watch film every week of the games, and I, I feel like the, how you guys have elevated your play has forced teams or forced defense to play you guys different. Yeah. What are you seeing thus far? You don't have to say going forward, but what are you seeing thus far as far as defensive line or defensive schemes, the way they attack the old line now? Yeah, a lot of movement, a um, bunch of corner pressures, corner cap pressures, uh, and some of them were pretty timed up, timed up. That kind of stopped some of our run game early. Uh, but when we can get that run game going and the play action and the pass game, um, that's when we're at our best. So we just have to find a way to be better with the details, be better with our assignment and technique um, so that we can be better moving forward. It was really a shame seeing Christian have to exit the game yeah. in the third quarter. He's been so solid this season for you guys over on the left side of things. And I uh, can't really say so much about his play without talking about Blake Brandle coming in. And yeah. I mean, honestly, like obviously, what, two years ago he was drafted. He's been on the practice squad yep. and, and kind of worked his way into things. Um, what did you think of how he was able to get in there? 
Yeah, Blake did an unbelievable job. He got a game ball and, and was very deserving of that. CD is the best left tackle in football right now, in my opinion. Stamp. He absolutely bullies kids out there. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it look very easy. But I think there was just – when Blake came in, there wasn't a presence that we had the backup left tackle in. No, yeah. You know, I feel like we didn't skip a beat. Play calls didn't reflect that. Blake went out there and, and had a Hall of Famer on him for a few plays and, and, and did a really good job. So hats off to him. He's he's had, like you said, practice squad his first year, but even on P-Squad, he was working his butt off. Last year, kind of P-Squad active, and I think another team wanted to claim him. I think we saw how valuable he was. Um, and he's just he's gotten so much better year after year. Man, that that's a testament. I mean, you look at that story. I mean, everyone talks yeah. about next man up, right? Yeah. But this is the true definition of next man up in this opportunity, close game. What did that do for you guys? When, when, you, when you have a guy like that that, you know, kind of has all the odds stacked against him, how does that help you guys? Yeah, so much trust. I mean, him and Ezra are best friends, and I think <laughs> they had a good time getting in there playing together. And we're just – we're a really close room. You know, I think we're all best friends. We all love each other. We all mess with each other all the time. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's a fun, we, we love coming to work. We love, we if meetings are at nine, we're in there at 830, just messing nice. with each other. I mean, it's just other receivers and other skill groups are now coming in to hang out in the old line room. Yeah, I saw just, Kirk nice. in there today. It's just a cool <laughs> vibe in there. I don't know. We got some bean bags. We got some it decorations. It smells really good right now, I appreciate too. it. Yeah, we have, <laughs> we have the fall candles up. Yep. Um, we'll have some Christmas candles coming up soon. But it's just, it's it's awesome to be a part of. Man, what can what can we expect from this team going forward? Just trying to take it one week at a time. You know, I eight and one right now, seven in a row. But like Ko said in the team meeting room, none of that matters. You know, it's just it might be a bigger target on your back, but we got to have the same preparation, the same plan, the same process that we've had that got us here. And with the Cowboys coming to town, obviously, yeah. how how hard is it? Or I guess it, it may not be hard, but but how is it to flush what just happened on Sunday and have to? Reprepare for another tough team. Well, I feel like we've done that for seven weeks now, <laughs> seven in a row. I mean, I think everyone's been one score games. So it's kind of take the same process. It's all right, we won, we found a way to win. How can we get better and, and try and be one another this week? Man, I want to know against the Dallas Cowboys would be a lot of fun. Is, is, is there anything that changed as far as mentality, understanding that there are three games in 11 days? Like, yeah. What, what does that do for you in this time of your career when you hear that? You just you accept it, and every team's got to do it at some point. I think every team has a Thursday night game, um, and I think Tyler Williams and Uriah and, and Josh Hanks, that whole staff, we know that they have a plan for us. We know that they're going to get us right in whatever it takes, um, practice schedule-wise, lift schedule-wise. Um, we just got to get our bodies turned around, and every Sunday, whether it's Sunday, Thursday, they're all it's all a grind, and you gotta you gotta come ready to go. Yeah, whatever they've been doing has been working. You yeah. guys made it from London and back, no yeah. bye. I mean, yeah. all of that was just incredible. So definitely a big shout out to that staff. We've talked yeah. about them a lot on this podcast. But thank you so much to Garrett Bradbury yeah. for taking the time to to rehash what happened yesterday. I thought I, my mind still hasn't exactly no, wrapped around every know. single thing. I have to like replay it over my head because every time I think of one play, I just think of the next thing and mm-hmm. then the next, and it's a domino effect. Yeah. So uh, one thing, this is this is the first time in your career you you've won seven in a row. NC State, you won six in a row. So so congrats on that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. This is it's unreal. We yeah. just got to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and contagious. you'll get more. Then you'll get more pie. Okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> just not chocolate or peanut butter. Nope, nope, nope. All nope. right. Thank you, man. Enjoy it. Thank you. 
big thanks to Garrett for joining us here on the MVP. Excited to see him and the rest of your 8-1 Vikings return home for a three-game homestand. We got the Cowboys on Sunday, the Patriots on Thanksgiving night, and then the Jets the following week. First up, though, is America's team, and we have an exciting week of content ahead for you. Hopefully, we're getting KJ Osborne and Jalen Rager on this week's Audible. Should be fun to get those two young guys out there. Rager being a Texas guy himself, um, playing his college football in Dallas and uh, scoring his first career touchdown ever against the Cowboys. So that should be a fun time. MVP will come back on Friday. We'll have another episode for you again. It'll also air on KFAN. And we should be hearing from a couple of our network experts this week. We might have some cameos from potentially the guys on the call this week, Tony Romo, Jim Nance. And I might even get a special guest appearance that I cannot talk about just yet, but I will tell you that you're going to follow the Vikings app because it's going to be a really cool interview, a really great get. So we're excited to talk to one of the um, biggest broadcast stars and former Vikings out there. That's all I'm going to say, though. Uh, Game Day Live will return. The interview one-on-one this week is with CJ Ham. Can't wait to talk to the Hammer after his scoring performance. And I joked with him in the locker room after the game saying, you won twice tonight because you also won the coin toss. So big shout out to the Hammer. And Tailgate will return for another episode on Thursday. And I will be at Friday Football Feast at Buffalo Wild Wings in Roseville on Friday. I know you're not going to remember all that, so just make sure you follow the Vikings YouTube page, Vikings.com, Vikings app, wherever you get your content from. Follow us on Twitter, whatever you need, because this is an exciting time, and we're going to feed the need for content. Don't worry about that. We can't wait to see you guys at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. Hey, Vikings fans, number 96, Brian Robinson is bringing NYC's cheesiest food stand to U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit Mac Truck Mac and Cheese on Minnesota Vikings game days for a new game time snack.